sure to tweet out that we're here. We'll get started in a minute or two. Hey there. Full Tide Monique. Thanks for joining. Hi Kelly. Thanks. Nice to All right, as I said, we'll get started in a few minutes and make sure to tweet out that we're here. Hey there, Jeremy, Kilroy, Antonio, Coco, we have HS, Creativity Dodd, Sihan, Jiu-Jitsu Pro, Eve. hi Mikey, hey, don't hate, celebrate, thanks for coming, hey there, Mega, thanks for joining, some new folks, we have the math preacher, welcome, Thinker Coin 365.88. Thanks for stopping by. All right, all right. So we'll go ahead and get started. Thanks so much to everybody who's here at NFTs for Good. We are a weekly Twitter spaces. We're all about highlighting the builders and founders in the DeFi, Web3, crypto, and NFT space. We do this at least once every week, and you can check out the schedule on our website, www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for good. Obviously, there are a ton of stories that always come out about the not-so-great aspects of the space, and we believe if we keep talking about the positive aspects and about how the people behind these projects, these companies, these movements are trying to make the world a better place by building utility with Web3 technology that we can truly elevate the conversation. So with this show and subsequent shows that we do, we'll be highlighting the people and founders that include a social good component in what they're building as well. And we hope that two things can happen from this conversation. One, we hope you get to another founder and their, their courageous journey of going from idea to building in public. And two, we want you to be inspired by their stories and know that there's some really great people out here building the new internet. You can check out our upcoming shows and sign up for updates at www.bluestudios.io backslash NFTs dash for good. Quick disclaimer that all opinions of guests or hosts may not reflect the views of Blue Studios or its hosts. This Twitter space is for informational purposes only. And none of the opinions of the hosts, um, none of the opinions of the show panel can be considered investment advice. Please do your own research, be safe, and make sure you talk to any security and investment advisors 
For more information on how NFTs and crypto fit into your collectible and ownership portfolio. As you can see, this show is being recorded so we can have it on the website and other places to promote future shows. Um, great news. If you um, want to go back in time and listen to some of our other episodes, we have them live on the major podcasting platforms. So make sure to download on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Just search for NFTs for good and you should find us. So a little bit about me, and then we'll talk to our esteemed guest, Bowtie Munib. But um, a little bit about me, I'm Kelly, I'm founder of Blue Studios. I am a third gen entrepreneur on both sides of my family. So I really believe in the power of families working together. So that's why we've been able to build a community around education, family, and Web3. And we really believe in redefining can do together and our mission is to pioneer how families invest plan and earn together with technology that's accessible to everyone and a big part of what we do is coming around with innovative approaches to educating and inspiring families to learn together but also to onboard more families in a safe secure way into web3 super happy to be here today a big reason why it's so important for us to do this show is to really highlight the stories and people behind the DeFi and Web3 movement. Web3 is fast-paced, it's 24-7. We've had to work harder and faster than we've ever before, but it's always nice to slow things down a little bit and dig deep with amazing guests like we have today. So with that, I will hand it over to Bowtie Munib, who can tell us really quickly about himself, but we'll obviously dig way deeper in, but I figured let's do a quick intro. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Um, hi, my name is Bowtie Muneeb, everybody. Um, I, my background is in traditional finance. Um, I recently co-founded Savita Mining, which is a startup built in the Stacks ecosystem. Um, and yeah, we've, we've started building out mining, decentralized non-custodial mining pools for city coins, um, which I think we're going to get into a little bit further um, later on in this, this chat. So thanks for having uh me on. Oh, of course. Awesome. Now, this is a topic that everybody loves to uh, learn about. So I'm glad you're here to share all your wisdom and learnings. Um, so we'll start from the beginning. Origin story. So how did you get started in Web3? So what inspired you to go from, hmm, this is interesting, the space I, I'm fascinated by, um, to, hey, I'm dedicating myself 24-7 to making this happen? Yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so... I started buying like crypto back in 2017. Um, you know, I, I work in the investment space, so uh, you know it, it, it popped up on my radar, kind of like in 2015 ish time frame. But I didn't really get involved, and then like early 2017, I started getting involved a little bit. Um, and then in I want to say it was like late 2020, um, I had this like really large crypto uh, VC slash hedge fund manager come and approach me at my my place of employment trying to get our, our company to invest in his fund and uh that just you know very intelligent guy did a really great job of articulating his uh crypto thesis and you know i it, it sent me down the rabbit hole and you know the next thing i knew um i was like this technology is the future and i want to be a part of building that future uh you know it's it's tangential to finance um you know there's a much larger technology component to crypto um, I would I would consider crypto to be more like fintech than just like you know pure, pure finance necessarily, 
But, um, you know, it just it, it seems like uh, the logical next step for the evolution of, um, you know, human monetary and economic systems. So. No, it makes complete sense. So um, we'll just dive right into the topic in the title of the show, which is Crypto Mining 101. Um, so we're going to start from the beginning of that. So for those in the audience who might not know or quite understand what it is, what exactly is mining in the most simplest terms possible? And why is it important in the blockchain? Absolutely. It's a great question. There's, you know, there's like a lot of different ways to define this. Um, I like to think about it. Um, so when I think about like Bitcoin mining, I like to think about it as like the expenditure of resources to secure the blockchain. So essentially what you're doing is, you know, you're, you're creating new digital coins in the case of like Bitcoin mining. And, you know, to do that, you have to solve these really complicated cryptographic puzzles. You have to validate, you know, cryptocurrency, sorry, cryptocurrency transactions that, that take place on the, the network. And you have to add them to this distributed ledger. So, you know, you're, there's like multiple steps that are taking place, but it's all done via software that's run on some hardware. So, you know, if you yourself are like trying to mine, right, ultimately what you're going to do is you're going to go and buy like some mining equipment, like some hardware. And you're going to, you know, you're going to like install a Bitcoin node on that and it's going to run the software necessary to secure the blockchain. And you're just going to kind of set it and forget it and pay an electricity bill. But I do, I do like this, the simplified approach of just saying like, you know, effectively what you're doing with Bitcoin mining is you're spending electricity for the opportunity to win a block of Bitcoin. Great. No, that was a great way to explain it. And so what are what are some of the misconceptions that people have about mining? I'm sure you've heard a lot of misconceptions. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that I think a lot of people think that if, especially if you don't know about like much about mining, I think a lot of people think it's a lot more complex than um, I think people think it's a lot more complex than it actually is. So, you know, these days, most miners, right, like they buy the har the hardware they pay a facility, you know, like a fee. So for instance, I have a, a friend that uh, runs a, a mining company in the state of Washington. And the reason he, he does it in the state of Washington is because uh, they have hydroelectric dams in the state of Washington that have like super cheap electricity. They have like an excess of electricity. Um, so therefore, like the, the power cost is really low. So by building facilities around those hydroelectric dams, you know, that provides a competitive advantage, right? You can mine cheaper because you have cheaper electricity. Um, you know, so like I'm, I have some mining equipment with him. I bought the mining equipment through his company. Um, it was like, I don't know, I got like six or seven GPUs for like, I don't know, like $10,000 or something like that. You know, this was like kind of early on. I was like testing things out. And then I pay like a $1,000 hosting fee. So they, for the $1,000, like his company will will maintain like the health, like maintain the actual hardware and they'll run the necessary software um, required to actually execute the mining. And then they add a bunch of value added services on top of that. So like they'll mine the most profitable blockchain at any given time with the hardware that's there um, as part of a pool. So it's not just their facility. Their facility is part of like a broader mining pool. So it's actually, you know, like mining is not like a solo effort, right? Like even if you have your own hardware, 
a lot of times it makes a lot more sense for you to join a pool and, you know, effectively like share your resources to effectively like reduce your volatility. Right. Because if, you know, you're like one, if you, if you have like a, a tiny little sliver of the entire hash rate for the entire, for the entire network, you're going to, you know, the, you're going to win blocks of Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you're mining very infrequently. And that's kind of risky, right? It's a really risky proposition if um, that's like a really risky proposition if you sink a lot of money into the hardware. So by joining a pool, you can effectively like distribute that risk. So, you know, you're not going to win as much crypto when you when the pool wins a block, but you will get a slice of that crypto that the whole pool wins and you'll get it on a more frequent and regular basis because you've effectively combined your, your network like hash power. Hopefully that wasn't too technical. No, it makes sense. I mean, maybe um, I think another question, I think you kind of started to ask answering the next question is, you know, like why is it so expensive to get up and running with mining? And also, how have you been able to at Savita Mining make mining and make mining and mining rewards more accessible to more people? Yeah, great questions. Um, yeah, I think the f the first reason there is just like you know the it's expensive because the hardware is expensive. If you're mining, like if you're doing a proof of work mining, like with Bitcoin, um, you know the hardware is not free. The hardware is expensive. Um, the electricity is not free. The hard the electricity is you know the power costs are not insignificant. But, um, so you have that to face as well. And then, um, you know, then you actually like, you know, you, you need a decent amount of capital, I think, um, to be able to with that. What you, so hmm, I, I think I think it's the hardware. I think like if you're talking about proof of work, it's hardware. If you're talking about something like stacks mining, where um, you've kind of taken the proof of work model and abstracted it a little bit um you know it's it's more capital intensive you know the way that like the ethereum blockchain is uh, going to be um is effectively going to be like the consensus mechanism there it's going to be proof of stake and that's going to be you know even that's going to be capital intensive right i think you have to have like 28 ethereum to be able to stake your own node or validator um, and, and that's like that's not you know that's that's significant amount of money so um yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure why it's, I mean, it's hard to say why it's like so expensive. I think just because the hardware is expensive and um, yeah. yeah. And how, like in terms of like electricity costs, like what is the range of electricity costs for mining? If it's, I, it looks like Bitcoin mining. <laughs> say what? If it's like Bitcoin mining, for example, or what, like what is the. Good question. Um, I, I haven't really looked into it that much to be completely honest. Um just because, like I said, I, I, I pay a guy to, to do the uh, to do the hosting for us and handle all that. But I'm pretty sure I pay them. My hosting fee for them is like a thousand bucks a year or maybe a little bit more than a thousand bucks a year. That actually includes the cost of electricity. So um, actually pretty reasonable all in. I mean, you know, considering that the hardware itself that I purchased was like, I think it was like $10,000, right? So you're talking about like 10% the cost of the hardware, but that hardware is going to mine for me for like three or four years. So, you know, ultimately I'm talking, you know, you're talking about, uh, 
uh, I guess like a 40% cost of the hardware over the course of like four years, if I mine over that entire span of time. So I guess that's not insignificant, right? Because that also includes the upkeep and, um, you know, the maintenance of the hardware. So, um, you know, like a pretty significant cost, which is why uh, you have businesses like my friend's business where, you know, they've set up um, their facilities close to like really cheap power. And, you know, another big reason why, um, you know, proof of work is kind of being heralded as this, uh, you know, big catalyst for the build out of renewables. Yeah, it makes complete sense. But um, and so for you um, at Savita, you guys created um, decentralized mining pools um, on, for city coins on stacks. And that was a way to make it you know, just easier for people to participate in mining without having to deal with like hardware, um, I'm assuming host fees, things like that. So can you tell the audience a little bit more of like, like how you set that up and what, what were the, oh, ben- yeah. what are the benefits? Absolutely. Um, so, so it's hard to talk about city coins without first talking about stacks. Um, and it's hard to talk about stacks. It's like, it's impossible to talk about stacks if you don't talk about Bitcoin first, right? Because, Stacks is effectively like a layer, uh, you know, the, the folks in the Stacks community like to call it a layer 1.5, but I think for simplicity's sake, we'll just call it a layer two. Stacks is like a layer two that's built on top of Bitcoin with the goal and purpose of making Bitcoin programmable and making it uh, able to be moved via smart contract. And so, uh, you know, one of the ways that, that, that Stacks has accomplished this is with this novel consensus mechanism, right? So with Bitcoin mining, you have proof of work where you're spending electricity uh, to solve, to very quickly, rapidly solve this very difficult cryptographic problem for the opportunity to win a block of Bitcoin. With Stacks mining, what you're doing is you're bidding Bitcoin to increase your chances of mining the next block of Stacks. So in, a, in, in, in essence, you've kind of taken the same model um, of proof of work, where with proof of work, the more hardware you have and the more electricity that you're spending on mining a block of Bitcoin, the higher your chances are of actually successfully mining that, you know, of, of mining a block of Bitcoin. So if you own 10% of the network hash rate, then you have a 10% chance of mining the next block of Bitcoin. Similarly, with stack mining, if you bid 10% of the total bids to, to mine a block of stacks, you have a 10% probability of mining a block of stacks. And the beautiful thing about stacks mining is that whenever stackers, so people that hold stacks, on the uh, other side of the proof of transfer consensus mechanism, whenever they stack their stacks, they receive the Bitcoin that is bid by those miners to mine stacks. And that is a very early primitive of native Bitcoin DeFi. Like that is native Bitcoin DeFi. If I stack, if I have enough stacks, I can stack my stacks in a non-custodial wallet. So it's a wallet that, that it's like a wallet that I own that nobody else has the private keys to. And just by stacking those stacks in that wallet, I can receive a native Bitcoin yield directly sent to whatever bitcoin address i choose but and and for and that's the reward that i get for participating in that proof of transfer consensus mechanism so so stacks really's goal is to take bitcoin and like extend its functionality 
and and really start building out like this these native Bitcoin Web three use cases, and you know stacking and 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 proof of transfer. These are examples of like native Bitcoin DeFi early on, and then you know City Coins is City Coins is like a project that's built on top of Stack. So the way it works is like with with Bitcoin, it's like spend electricity, mine Bitcoin, or win Bitcoin, right? And then with Stacks, it's bid spend bitcoin win stacks with city coins it's bid stacks mine city coins and what are city coins so so let's start there city coins are uh city coins city coins are like a web3 protocol that create an open source ecosystem of developers and a new funding mechanism for the world's greatest cities so you know at their peak um at you know like kind of like peak bull market uh, you know, city coins generated of like almost a combined fifty million dollars worth of new, um, treasuries for the cities of Miami and New York City that they could use uh, to spend on you know kind of whatever the city decided they wanted to spend it on. Now, because the price of stacks has come down since then, and those treasuries are denominated in the stacks, the value of those treasuries has fallen quite a bit. But um, you know, like this is like, you know, going back to kind of what you were saying earlier, building protocols for social good. City coins was kind of like a early idea built on top of stacks, to, you know, to to, cre- you know, create a protocol for social good. Like, like how, do we, how do we how do we upgrade the technology of cities? How do we give them access to, you know, new technology? How do we get them access to Bitcoin? Right. With with city coins, uh, you know, with the, the city coins protocol. These cities were were able to generate these treasuries denominated in stacks, and as I mentioned earlier, you know if you stack your stacks, you can earn a native Bitcoin yield. And so these cities effectively now have access to Bitcoin where they previously didn't, and you know they probably wouldn't either, right? I mean, you can imagine that a city government is probably not going to get approval from you know local city council or even from like local taxpayers to hold crypto on their balance sheet because it's a speculative and risky asset, right? At least in the eyes of the general public. So, you know, where am I going with this? So where am I going with this? I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, city coins is like this very early idea, the social good protocol to take that, that really takes Bitcoin and extends it and, you know, puts it into the hands of cities um, it's a fantastic protocol. The issue that we ran into when we first started getting involved in city coins was that, you know, there was a lot of demand early on. And if you wanted to get access to the primary market, you had to you had to bid um, a lot of stacks. And stacks at the time was worth, you know, a dollar, two dollars token. So, you know, it was like, you know, maybe five thousand stacks per block, right? That's like every 10 minutes, it's like the the whole market is bidding 5,000 stacks, maybe $10,000, right? Over the course of the de- of a single day, you're talking about uh what is that? You're talking about like I don't know, $144,000 or something like that. Like that's a lot of capital, right? And if you wanted to get access to that market early on, you know, if you're bidding like a very small amount of stacks, the probability yeah, so for instance, like let's say a block of stacks is going for five thousand, or sorry, a block of city coins is going for five thousand stacks per block, right? And you bid, you know, like one stacks, right, on that block. 
your probability of winning that block is one out of 5,000. And your probability of losing that block is like 4,999 out of 5,000. Like you have a very high probability of losing all of your capital. So, you know, we saw this problem early on. We wanted to get access, but we didn't want to put in that much capital. So we said, how can we help the community pool capital together, you know, to effectively create a mining pool, right? Um, and so that's what we did. Um, you know, we started doing that um, you know, with um, like a very simple, very basic manual solution. And then we built that out into like these very uh, elegant, non-custodial, decentralized, smart contract mediated mining pools. Um, and the smart contract, you know, the, the whole idea behind the smart contract mining pool was that, you know, like we don't want people to have to trust us with their capital. We don't ever really want to take custody of the capital for regulatory reasons and whatnot. Um, so by creating these smart contract mining pools, we were able to create a solution where, you know, people can access without ever having to trust a counterparty necessarily. Yeah, oh, that was a great explanation um, of exactly how, basically how those mining pools work and also all the benefits of the well. No, so that was a really great way of uh, bringing all those three concepts of Bitcoin, <laughs> Stacks, and City Coins together. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. It's actually a lot. You know, I mean, I feel like that's kind of one of the challenges of, of crypto. All this technology is like so new. Right. You know, you, you like with, with anything in, in the world, right? Like it's, you, you, you build and you grow with like compound knowledge and compound progress. Right. And so, you know, we're going to build on Bitcoin. It's been around for all this time with stacks and now stacks has been around a little while. Well, now we're going to, you know, we're going to launch city coins and um, you know, it's all still very cutting edge and new, uh, you know, so I feel like it, it, it's difficult to explain sometimes, but um, hopefully, hopefully um, the audience here um, was able to follow. Yeah, I think so. I wanted to just do like a quick roll call. How many people here have have done stacking? I see some stacks folks in here. So raise your hand, make a little clap if you've stacked before. <laughs> it might take a second. Yep. I see a couple folks, but yeah. Um, so definitely um, check out uh, Stacks, the Stacks ecosystem if you haven't heard of it. Um, it's a great way to also earn, like you said, Bitcoin yield. Um, so I would also, um, we're almost, uh, I think we're almost halfway through. So I want to let everybody know to start thinking through their questions. So start thinking through some questions you would like to ask our guests. Again, if you have some questions about crypto mining that, that have been, you know, burning, you have some burning questions about it that you've been wanting an answer for, make sure to come up to the stage or either you can um, DM or you can DM us, um, DM me directly um, as well, if you would like to. So um, if you don't feel like coming up to the stage, uh, make sure to uh, just DM me and I will uh, just read your question aloud for the audience. Um, so let's uh, go into um, Stacks a little bit more, um, which is the, the chain that you um, built on, you know, built, um, basically you built your mining pools on city coins, which is built on Stacks. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that chain and also like why you chose that chain as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just again, the whole goal of Stacks is to take 
Bitcoin and make it programmable, right? Like, how do we bring smart contracts? How do we bring Web3 to Bitcoin? And, you know, there's a couple of different, like, thought processes there. One of them is like, hey, let's take Bitcoin, let's wrap it up uh, through some custodial service and let's, um, you know, let's put it on Ethereum, right? Which is a smart contract blockchain. That's like one way of going about it, right? Um, Another way of going about it is merge mined sidechains. So a good example of that would be Rootstock, which is like RSK. I don't know if you guys heard of that one. Um, But with Rootstock, the idea is like, Bitcoin miners are already running this hardware to mine and validate blocks of Bitcoin. And like the whole idea behind merge mine sidechains is let's just take that, just copy and paste that exact same hash power and use it to mine blocks on this other ecosystem. So let's install some additional software on these Bitcoin miners and just, you know, reutilize that hash power. Um, so that's like another way to go about it. Stacks took this very, very novel idea, which is like instead of instead of like let's reuse the hash power, right? Um, let's let's effectively recycle, you know, Bitcoin's stored energy value. Because if you stop and think about it, like you have to like every single block of Bitcoin that gets mined, right, comes from the collective expenditure of you know, like incredibly, an incredible amount of energy, like all of these, all these hardware miners like out there spending electricity to mine the next block of Bitcoin. Every 10 minutes, a new block of Bitcoin, six and a quarter Bitcoin is issued, right? From this network after the expenditure of all this energy. So that Bitcoin almost could be looked at and viewed as, you know, this like, crystallized robot sweat or this stored energy value and with stacks mining the idea is like how do we take that you know people make this argument all the time like oh you know you're wasting energy by mining bitcoin but what if we could take that energy and recycle it right that's kind of the idea behind stacks it's like now you now you've got this bitcoin and you've got the stored energy value in bitcoin how do we take that and how do we recycle it and with proof of transfer you are effectively recycling that by securing another blockchain that entirely relies on and settles on the Bitcoin blockchain. All of the transactions that get that occur on the Stacks blockchain are effectively compressed down to a hash and written onto the Bitcoin blockchain. So if you ever wanted to go and reorganize the Stacks blockchain, you would have to also go and reorganize many, many Bitcoin blocks as well. And because that's hard to do, because there's so much hash power securing the Bitcoin network, because that's hard to do, Stacks has effectively inherited the security of Bitcoin. So if you've, I don't know if you've ever heard of like the the blockchain trilemma, right? Where you can have like, you can have decentralization, security, your speed, but you can't have all three. And, you know, like that's a, because there are trade-offs there, right? Um, with Stacks, Stacks has effectively leveraged Bitcoin's security through this proof of transfer consensus mechanism by, by writing all of the, trans, the Stacks transactions and compressing them down to a single hash and writing onto the Bitcoin blockchain. You've effectively inherited Bitcoin security. So now you can go and focus on the decentralization and the speed. And you know now in the Stacks ecosystem, we have uh, research going on. And uh, I, think we're, I think the ecosystem is close to deploying hyperchains which should 
lead to like super fast settlement. Now, again, there are trade-offs there, right? Um, you have to make some, you have to like, those have to be like closed systems. They can't be completely open to all miners or something like that. So there are definitely trade-offs um, to everything, but Stacks is really allowing for this, this broad spectrum of things to be built on top of Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, if you stop and think about, so, you know, what do you build on X? If you stop and think about, if you stop and think about like what's going to be here, you know, 20, 10, 20, 30 years from now, I, I personally am a big fan of um, Occam's Razor, which is like, you know, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. Um, I, I also believe like the simplest solutions are, are usually the right ones, right? And Bitcoin is a very simple solution. It's like, you know, this, it's this, it's, it's this thing that's fundamentally built to, to settle value. Uh, in a very specific way, um, you, you know, it's, it's at this point you've reached like uh, you've reached like critical mass to like be sufficiently decentralized that the network can't be taken over or attacked by a single entity or a malicious actor. Um, you know, so there are all these reasons why Bitcoin is probably I, I should say probably why I believe Bitcoin is going to be here in like 100 years. Right. And. You know, I want to build if I'm going to build something, I want to build on the thing that's going to be around for 100 years. Right. I mean, you know, that's that's because that's exciting. Like that's the future of civilization, in my opinion. Um, that's benefit to, to having these technologies is that they will be around and they are immutable and, uh, and all of those things. So, um, you know, we built on top of stacks because we wanted to build on top of Bitcoin. Um, and then, you know, we, we built around city coins because we, you know, we believe in, uh, you know, we believe in, in distributing Bitcoin, you know, broadly, right? We, you know, we, we're kind of like Bitcoin evangelists over at Savita Mining. Um, and, you know, like giving cities access to a Bitcoin treasury, that's a, a novel and also like a noble endeavor, in my opinion. Love it. Thank you for that explanation on stacks. I love it. Um, we have some questions from the audience. So we have Antonio, please come to the stage. Hey, thanks again, Kelly. And, and thank you too, uh, Monique. This is a, a great opportunity. It's something I, I'm always excited and look forward to because um, it's a uh, an accessible and a uh, easy way for, for us to gain like practical insight from um, the builders directly from you all and, and being able to chime in and get your insights is invaluable. So so thanks for that. Um, I, I do have a question and you um, touched on it earlier, um, Muni, regarding the merge. And over the last several months or so, um, just based on Twitter timelines, articles, newsletters, Everyone's talking about the Ethereum merge, and, and I wanted to ask a question about that. So um, specifically over the last couple of weeks, um, ETH jumped nearly to like um, half, um, just as confidence is building up over this um, anticipated switch of the merge, which is, from my understanding, which is a limited point of view, um, a leaner, more efficient blockchain technology. Um, to the proof of stake, which you touched on. And I was curious to know, with your personal experience with city coins and building on top of 
Bitcoin and Stacks. I'd love to get your initial thoughts on this switch, uh, specifically from the miners' perspective. I've read more so about how it would be using less computing power. It would be faster, quicker for, for us. But from the miners' perspective, I would love to get your thoughts. Is this more so a good thing? Because I've read a few articles where it said that um, it might not work as many miners with, um, um, with the new merge. So, uh, so I would love to get your initial thoughts um, on the merge that's coming up. Thanks. Yeah. So great questions, Antonio. I'm going to be very upfront. My, uh, my knowledge of the Ethereum ecosystem and the Ethereum blockchain and the merge are are pretty limited. Um, I'm not I'm not that well versed, but I can tell you um, a, a few things. I can tell you one. I don't know a single proof of work miner that is happy about the merge, <laughs> um, as you can probably imagine. Uh, you know, I my my friend that uh, you know that runs this this mining farm. Um, you know, it's all GPU miners, and so you know if you're mining Bitcoin, you're using ASICs, which are application specific integrated chips or something like that. Um, they're effectively like specifically designed to mine Bitcoin. With Ethereum, it's like GPUs, which are graphical processing gra- graphical processing units, right? Um, those are a little bit more general. So they can be applied to Ethereum, right? Ethereum mining, but they can also be applied to like other proof of work chains that are optimized for GPU mining. So an example would be like Ravencoin. Um, I think like Ethereum Classic, like there are a few others um, that, that, that I think have like a decent amount of mining volume behind them. But, um, you know, none of those, like, you know, you're, you're pretty much going to like the minor business model and just, you know, just, just shooting them, right? Like you're just, you're just going to crush a lot of those businesses, I think. And I will say, I think the market has already, is already reflecting this quite a bit. Like you're already seeing quite a bit of minor consolidation, you know, both in the Bitcoin space, but also the Ethereum space. So, you know, again, I, you know, I think for proof of work miners, for anybody that has hardware, it's not, it's not a good look. Um, And then I think the jury's, honestly, I think the jury's out on whether or not proof of stake is going to be better than proof of work in the long run. Um, but I will say that, you know, uh, I, if you, if you stop and, you know, take a, take a, a long view on humanity, having multiple experiments and a, a great amount of diversity in what's taking place is, is usually a good thing. So, you know, probably, well, the way I guess what I'm trying to say is like short-term volatility, but long run, you know, good for economic robustness, right? Awesome. Yeah, thanks for that breakdown. And and I agree wholeheartedly with that last statement of yours. And um, uh, I'll definitely be following along. And um, I'm curious to know how things will pan out. So, so thank you for that. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the question, Antonio. Thank you, Antonio. Next up, we have Kilroy. Hello, guys. Uh, good day to you, Kelly, and uh, good day to our uh, uh, guest speaker, Munib. Uh, I love that name, by the way. <laughs> Reminds me of some uh, Star Wars movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I truly agree with, uh, with, uh, with the hard, hardships uh, facing right now with uh, regards to uh, mining. 
Judy, uh, the the requirements uh, they are upscaling the requirements every year, and uh, and uh, for 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 example, uh, DAG files keep uh, uh, gets increased uh, every year or so, and uh, it's hard for 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 the common uh, uh, people in crypto space to get in on a on a mining, uh, especially with the with the with the uh, money they have to put into to uh, buy those rigs, and uh, I'm happy that uh, that uh, you came up with this idea about city coins. My question is, uh, uh, how can we uh, start to mine using city coins? What are the uh, uh, the basic steps? Oh yeah, great question. Okay. Um, so if you want to mine city coins, um, what you would do is you would take stacks. So you would have to acquire stacks. Um, you can do that through the directly through the Hero web wallet. So I think if you go to Hero, H-I-R-O dot S-O, you can download the Hero web, wa Hero web wallet. And then from there, I'm pretty sure you can directly acquire stacks into the wallet if you have like a credit card. Uh, and then from there, you can go to our website. It's avitamining.com. And we have some pools there um, where you can contribute those stacks. Um, and we'll go and mine city coins for you. So that's usually, you know, we mine in, um, you know, in one week blocks usually. It's about a thousand blocks, Bitcoin blocks at a time. Um, and so that's one way you can do it. You can also mine on your own. You can mine individually. You can also do that through our website at SyvitaMining.com. That's S-Y-V-I-T-A Mining.com. Um, so you can mine, you can mine directly through there. You can also mine from the Mine City Coins website, which is kind of like the, the uh, kind of like the ecosystem website, I would say. Um, so, you know, there's a few different ways that you can mine City Coins. I will say um, at the moment, um, if, you know, so, you know, the inflation rate of city coins kind of at the outset was pretty high. Uh, and the price of city coins uh, as a result of that high inflation rate has like pretty much come down since launch. And it seems like it's stabilized at this point. But I do know that the, the, you know, the city coins community is currently talking through um, other potential token models and maybe potentially transitioning. So uh, just something to keep in mind if you if you do plan on mining city coins. Thank you very much. Uh, I will. Uh, I will definitely uh, look into it. Uh, thank you very much for that. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Kilroy. Nice to nice to have you up here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kilroy. Um, we have a question from Bitcoin Bear Club, and Bitcoin Club asks, "Can you ask the guests? Can we mine stacks on sites like Genesis Mining or Hashflare, etc.? And why?" sites like that don't focus on mining anymore um i am not familiar with those websites so i'm not sure i can answer that question no problem no problem <laughs> thank you for the question bitcoin bear club i think um this might um be a little bit more relevant we have metamask um i know that you basically answered this partially from kilroy but is there anywhere that there is a step-by-step -step guide for mining stacks and is there a way that we can share the links thanks so much Ooh, that's uh <laughs> there is not <laughs> and uh that's you know i actually i i had some really interesting calls with um so i don't know if you guys know uh reina shaw she was recently hired um at trust machines um uh i can't remember she she used to work at binance.us as like their head of Oh, I can't remember. Head of exchange or something like that. Um, so she, she's like, she's a pretty high powered person. 
Um, but I know for a fact that Trust Machines, which is like pretty much the largest player in the Stacks ecosystem, um, they're actively working to simplify um, and, and streamline and, and make it easier to mine Stacks. So right now, there isn't a lot of great documentation. Um, if you do want to mine Stacks, my recommendation would be to go look at um, like the, the Hero uh, docs or sorry, Stacks.co. I think there's like docs there. Um, there, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not simple. So to do it, I'll just explain it at a really high level first. Um, so you have an understand a kind of an idea of what's going on. Um, you need, uh, you need a piece of hardware. It doesn't have to be like, have to be like super expensive. Like you can probably do this on your laptop if you have enough, um, storage space on your hard drive and enough Ram. Um, but, uh, effectively what you have to do is you have to have enough, uh, compute power to run a Bitcoin node. And then you have to have enough compute power to run a, a Stacks node. And if you can do both of those things, then you can run a Stacks miner. Um, and then you need about two and a half Bitcoin um, to mine profitably over about 500 blocks. So two and a half Bitcoin these days, I think, is a little bit more than $50,000. It's not an insignificant sum of money. It's a, you know, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big uh, investment amount. It's a pretty big commitment. Uh, but that's kind of the minimum that you need. Um, and that's just based on some modeling that was done by one of our team members and also the Stacks tokenomics resident, Matty Stacks. So um, so those are kind of those are kind of the things that you need to do to, to, to start mining Stacks. The documentation, I have to say, it's not great. I've, I've set up a couple of different Bitcoin miners, sorry, Stacks miners in my day. And uh, it was uh, a, a large challenge. But uh, I do know that there's a lot of active effort going on to make it easier and to bring more miners into the ecosystem. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, MetaMask, for that question. Um, so I have a couple more questions. So I always ask this, you know, a lot of folks want to do something about three or DeFi, um, but they don't believe that they have any relevant skills. What What's some advice that you would give to someone who's looking to get into the space? Nobody has all the skills necessary to um, <clears throat> to run a successful business, right? Uh, you know, you're whether you're, you, you know, like you might you might be really good at like marketing and community management, but you know, you're still going to need like a developer to to you know code up a website because this is like Web three and tech, right? And you're going to need probably like a, a finance guy somewhere hiding in the background that. Um, you know, can help you guys crunch the numbers and, you know, you're going to need somebody that can help with strategy. And, uh, you know, so in my opinion, you, you know, any business um, or any entrepreneurial endeavor, it, it, it really takes a village, right? It's like, it's not just you, it's you plus a team and nobody has all of the relevant skills. So, you know, if you want to get involved and you think you don't have the right skills, my opinion to you would be just like, go network, just go talk to people, right? The more people you talk to, the more interactions you have, the more collisions you have, the more likely you are to find one that, that sticks, you know, you're going to find somebody to connect with. Uh, and next thing you know, you know, you've built, uh, you've built a decentralized non-custodial mining pool on top of the Stacks blockchain. So, or you've built something as cool as Blue Studios, right? I love it. Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> We take all the compliments over here. <laughs> but no, that's a, that's a great answer. Um, 
And I would love to think, love to hear a little bit more about your vision and kind of for the future. So we're going to see the broader role of like DeFi, crypto, NFTs, Web3, and it's and their impact. Or where would you like to see the space go? Oh, that's, you know, that's a really great question. I, there, you know, I will say, I'll say this, like, I think in, ultimately as a society, um, we need to do a much better job of focusing on the long-term future of, of humanity, of society, of, of the world, of everything, right? I think that, you know, for, for many, many decades now, you know, we've, we've really optimized for the near term and the short term to the detriment of the long term. And what, that, what does that mean? I mean, like, that means, like, you know, for a long time, you've had, like, fi- like, financial, you've had corporations reporting, like, quarterly financials, right? And then, like, in the early 2000s, you know, you saw, like, people use technology to engage in, like, high-frequency trading. And, you know, like, everybody's done everything they can to squeeze the maximum efficiency out of short term, right? It's like, you know, these days you don't even have to go to the grocery store to get your groceries, right? You can just have them like you can like you can like pick it on your phone and have somebody deliver them to you. Um, you know, like everything's really optimized for the short term, but like, what are we doing to focus on the long term, right? Um, and I feel like it, to some extent, crypto kind of magnifies and amplifies the short term cycles, and I would like to see that extended out much further, right? And that's one of the reasons I love Bitcoin so much because you know it's a four year cycle. Uh, it was a four-year cycle. You know, it's like the supply doesn't max out for like a hundred years or something like that. Kind of forces people to look longer term, in my opinion. But um, you know, I would like to see more of that. No, definitely, definitely. Um, I think uh, that's why it's great. You know, that's one of the reasons why I love doing the show um, because we're highlighting a lot of folks who are thinking about like the long-term implications of like what they're building and and i think a lot of folks like you who are building in this space really do um want their solutions at the society for a long term so thank you uh for you know building in this space um so would love to hear if you have any new um you know any new alpha or there's something you know on your roadmap or anything that you have in the future that you would like to, you know, talk about today, or do you have anything in, in regards to what's coming next for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, <clears throat> so right now we're currently talking with city coins. We're, we're talking like the community is talking about potentially other models for, for doing this in a, for doing it in a, uh, a more optimal, like an optimized, like less resource intensive, you know, more scalable way. And so as we're waiting for those conversations to be fleshed out and maybe potentially like a new model to be fleshed out, uh, I think we're just kind of in a holding pattern on our city coins, on the city coins mining side of things. Um, We, we, you know, we had an early prototype for non-custodial stacks mining pool that we were going to build out with um, the DLC.link team. Uh, it seems like Stacks 2.1, which is uh, not too far off on the horizon, will be bringing additional functionality that will allow for greater decentralization of mining. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking into that actively right now. And then we're also looking into deploying a legal structure for um, custodially mining, like raising funds and mining stacks, 
which would be more targeted at like high net worth individuals and like VC funds. So like alpha for the general public, but um, you know, kind of something that we're working on right now. So sounds like some exciting things down the road. That's pretty cool. And uh, you know, I always um, like to wrap up things with an ask. So I would love to know, um, you know, love for the audience to know how can they support you? How can they support me? Um, follow me on Twitter and, uh, you know, tweet nice things at me. That's that's about it, I think, actually. Now it's, it's about it. Hey, that's always great. That keeps keeps uh, keeps a lot of folks going. So, yeah, make sure to follow Maneeb and, and tweet nice things at him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, this has been great. I appreciate you um, giving me the time to come up here and run my mouth, Kelly. Oh, no problem. I mean, I think you're, you're just such a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, you've, you're, I think uh, people have so many questions about mining. And I think people are so intrigued by it. So I think it's great that you're able to share your experience, like break it down for folks, how it works, specifically, you know, in the city coins, um, Saks ecosystem and, you know, I think that I've learned a ton of things today as well. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So also, I know for a lot of folks tuned in today um, for a $50 Unstoppable Names, um, Unstoppable Domains NFT domain credit. So make sure um, the way to get is to DM Blue Studios Labs. Blue Studios Labs is in this space right now. Um, make sure to click on the profile, hit send direct message, and make sure to let us know that you were in the spaces today. And then we will go ahead and uh, give you directions on how you can redeem your Unstoppable Domains $50 credit today. If you've been in previous spaces before, you can always get another one. So don't be shy on DMing us after the show. Um, but yeah, so um, make sure to do that. And um, I will not remember who you are necessarily because a lot of folks come come into the show <laughs> and I can't see everybody. So make sure to DM us immediately after the show to read so you can get that the directions on how to get that um, unstoppable domain credit. Um, so yeah, so thanks everybody for tuning in today. Thank you Minnie, for taking the time to chat with us. Again, this is NFTs for Good. We are weekly Twitter spaces. We're all about highlighting the builders and founders in the NFT and Web3 space. We do this at least once every week and you can check out the schedule on our website www.bluestudios.io backslash nfts dash for dash good and again we also have our past episodes live on all the major podcasting platforms so make sure to check them out on apple spotify and amazon music to search for nfts for good and you should be able to find us so thanks again everybody for tuning in and Hopefully we'll get to see you guys um, very soon. Um, I think we're, I'll uh, do a quick promo for some of the upcoming shows. Um, next week, we actually have two shows, one on Tuesday, one on Thursday. The one on Tuesday is on DeFi farming. So we're going to be talking about fighting food insecurity and food deserts through DeFi solutions. And then we'll also be talking about no-code tools in Web3 with no-code clarity founder um so that should be really exciting so make sure to tune in next week we have double the fun so thanks again to everybody and we will see you soon
Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.